Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, big treat today. We've got Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times to talk a little college football. Gary Bohannon, of course, the new quarterback at USF. He had a chance to talk with him and Coach Jeff Scott in that whole situation. You have Timmy McLean now in the transfer portal. So lots going on at USF, University of Florida as well. College football talk, always great this time of year with Matt Baker. Before we get to him, uh, I wanted to start by saying I'm in Nashville Tennessee, where the Buccaneers are beginning their practices against the Tennessee Titans. They'll be here practicing uh, today and on Thursday. They'll have uh, sort of some walkthrough situations uh, with their own team on Friday. And then, of course, the game is Saturday against the Tennessee Titans. Kind of the same format, if you will. Coach Bull said, uh, you know, none of the starters really expected to go I think they'll save most of those guys uh, for the third game. Certainly, uh, I don't even think that really, uh, you know, Mike Evans or um, Russell Gage will will participate even in, you know, sort of in some of the practices that they have up here. But nonetheless, the practices are important, and they'll do that beginning today against Tennessee, actually this morning. So we'll be there to bring it to you. A uh, couple of players, I mean, there's some, some news, I guess, and it, it kind of broke yesterday. We mentioned it a little bit, uh, that Carl Nassib is joining the team. He wasn't signed um, until late yesterday. He is in Nashville. I did see him in the team hotel. Uh, Carl Nassib, of course, uh, played for the Bucks a few years ago. He's been with the Raiders the last two seasons. He played here uh, two years as well. He had like 11 and a half, or 12 and a half sacks, I think. Really aggressive pass rusher and mostly a guy that can really help them on special teams. I think he played over 100 special team snaps or so for the Raiders. Uh, and it's unfortunate in this sense. Um, fortunate they get Carl Nassib back. Unfortunate that Cam Gill is going to be out for a while. Uh, Cam Gill had a, a really good game in the first preseason game. Had a sack, a tackle for loss, a couple tackles actually. Unfortunately, he suffered a Liz Frank injury, which is... Uh, you know, sort of a foot injury, if you will, some of the some of the tendons in there. Uh, he's going to undergo surgery. He put on Instagram that uh, he he underwent surgery. I guess I believe maybe that was on Tuesday as well. So he's going to miss some time. But uh, getting Carl Nassib, um, who remarkably was still on the street, uh, he's played in Todd Bowles' defense. He's he's thrived in it. Actually, some of the guys talked about getting Carl back, and uh, it's going to be very welcoming. Uh, for the Buccaneers, and it's just also very fortunate that they get a, a veteran player uh, who's familiar with this defense and, and will bring a lot of push. I mean, some of the guys uh, that we were able to talk to on Tuesday said, you know, um, this guy had a lot to do with setting the tone and, um, you know, uh, as a pass rusher and really getting after it. And, he, he, and in some ways, he may not get to the quarterback, but he creates so much havoc that he helps other guys get to the quarterback, and that's sometimes – you know what what you got to do you got to rush as as a group and um you know create opportunities and one-on-ones for other people so good to get Carl Nassib back he'll be here in Tennessee we'll uh be you know 
filing practice reports on TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times, so check that out as we go uh, through the week, and we'll see how the second game works out. They want to see a lot of Kyle Trask again uh, in this second game, and then Tom Brady should rejoin the team sometime after that when they get back to Tampa. So that's what's uh, going on here in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, just a reminder, folks. I know uh, you know it's a little cooled off here, but in, in Tampa, Florida, uh, it's just hot. And my air conditioner is running all the time. Your electric bill, you, you've noticed, it's going through the roof. i got something to help you. It's called May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now. You know, there's a ton of these fly-by-night companies. I've had them knock on my door all the time. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products and conducts on-site testing so you can see exactly what they install. And they don't use subcontractors, which is important. You know exactly who is doing the job. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve the quality of your life and your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, always great to talk college football with Matt Baker, who joins us now. And, Matt, you've been around the state, to say the least, the last few days, but let's start where you were uh, on Tuesday USF, of course, uh, the day before, announced on social media um, that Gary Bohannon was going to be their starter, the transfer from Baylor. Not a surprise necessarily, but minutes after that, it seemed the report came out that Timmy McLean was in the transfer portal. Isn't that just the way of college football? Uh, for, thanks for having me on, Rick. Yes, that is the way of, of college football. I mean, Jeff Scott said... Uh, in his press conference when, uh, on Tuesday, kind of talking about it, just the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh away. <laughs> and that's how it works. Like mm-hmm. in today's era, Jeff cannot be upset. First of all, at Timmy McLean, because he made what was a, a business decision. And, and I think everybody understands that, but he can't be upset about the transfer portal because the guy he's, he's got and, and Gary Bohannon, he was the starter at Baylor, lost his job, and was able to transfer, go to a new home in USF, and be the starter. That's just the way it is right now. Um, I, I understand it's you know not everybody loves it. What happened to loyalty to your team and this, that, and the other? But look, it's there. It's not changing. So you either have to adapt or you get left behind. And I think Jeff Scott, to his credit has adapted. Um, you know, he was at, at Clemson, which was not a transfer school at all. They've taken, I really think it's like one transfer under uh, Dabo. That's just not what they believe in. They want somebody who's in their culture. But Jeff has realized pretty quickly, the way I'm going to build USF, I'm going to have to get transfers. I'm going to have to get guys who, maybe they're from Tampa or the Tampa Bay area, I-4 corridor, went to Minnesota, North Carolina, Wake Forest, whatever it is, didn't work out, come back and play for your hometown team. Or, or get guys that, you know, for one reason or another didn't work out at Clemson or, or whoever and, and, and give them a second chance to, at USF. And, you know, uh, Bohan is just kind of the, the latest example of that. And, and of course, the, the side effect is, you know, you can bring those guys in, you know, some of them are going to leave. And, and I give Jeff credit for kind of adjusting there. So it, the last couple of years, he's wanted to kind of even use the non-conference season as a way to figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be. 
This year, he decided no, for, for a handful of reasons, one of which was there's a good chance whoever does not get the starting job is going to leave. If that happens, we need to figure out, A, who, obviously who the number one is and who the number two is. So we're not giving backup reps to somebody who's not going to be here. So that way they can groom uh, Trey Marsh, who's going to be the, the backup right now. They can groom him as the real number two. And if something happens to Bohannon, then Marsh is the guy. So there's a lot of factors going in there, just how transient everything is with the portal. And USF, I think, has done a pretty good job of trying to figure things out as best they can to, to make it work for this team. Well, they're fortunate a guy like Bohannon um, you know, was available. And, and I'm, the only thing I'm surprised a little bit about is that this was a competition, right? Like uh, you almost expected McLean um, to enter the portal as soon as he heard that Bohannon was coming, but he didn't. Um, you know, he still has time, obviously, to get with the program and get enrolled in school and, and do do that stuff. I thought it was interesting, uh, a couple things that Jeff Scott said. One was, and, and I suppose this should be true, <clears throat> not just in college football, but everywhere these days, which is this is about this year. I can't worry about future years. You can look at his record and know that. Um, but I think, I think you know, college football is now a year-to-year business with these coaches, and they, really, they can't really buy too many green bananas, right? Correct. Ideally, you'd be in a situation where, you know what, Timmy's not quite ready yet. He, he's, 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 he did a good job, but he's got room to grow before he becomes a, a high-level quarterback at this level. So ideally, yeah. yeah. You, you bring in Bohannon, let him start for your, your, a year or two, and then McLean's your guy. But that's not the way things work. If you're not starting, you're departing. That's just <laughs> the way it is. And they can't worry about the, the, the depth in 23 or 24 or whatever it is. Because, yeah. like you said, the way things are, Jeff Scott might not be there. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to get fired. But if they struggle yeah. for two years, then that's a conversation that will be had. Um right. And look, they've got other guy, quarterbacks on the roster that they like too. And if one of those, uh, you know, Gunner or Marsh develops, or Brown, if one of them develops into a, a, a good quarterback who's ready by then, then they won't miss uh, Tim McLean. If he's not ready, whoever that ne- next quarterback is, then you know what? The portal's still going to be there. And they'll try and find that next year's uh, Gary Bohannon or whoever it is. It, it's not, I don't think it's sustainable necessarily to keep getting transfer quarterbacks, but it's a really nice stopgap that can work from time to time. USF doesn't want to use it all the time, but they can if they have to. Um, I I want to go back to something you said a second ago, just on on how this kind of, you were kind of surprised this was a competition. I was too. Um, Let me explain that for a second. When Bohannon came in on USF's media day and and talked to us, eight minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it was, I knew very, very quickly, okay, he's a guy. I have not seen him throw a pass in in person at this point. I have not seen him run. I I have no idea what he knows about the playbook. He just has that charisma, that energy, that vibe that you can see, okay, this guy's a leader. He's an experienced veteran, poised quarterback. People are going to gravitate to him. He's a guy. But look, Jeff had to do right by Timmy McLean and, and do right by the program also. And he needed to have that quarterback competition play out. Um, he's gave a, several examples uh, on Tuesday about just how they how there were signs early that Timmy was the guy. You know, they bring him in on his official visit, and he stays till 1 a.m. watching film. Before they even have a practice, they ask the offensive players to name kind of the three leaders of the offense, and Timmy was in, or excuse me, and, and uh, Gary Bohan was in there, despite having never taken a practice snap yet. 
Th- those mm-hmm. type of things just show you that it was pretty obvious he was going to be the guy. But Jeff had to let the competition play out. He had to do that out of fairness to Timmy. What if you know, Bohannon gets hurt? Um, and then, you know, who knows what happens? So I, I do give him credit. He kind of let things play out to the point where the decision was pretty darn obvious. You know, at this point, Timmy was able to go. And who knows? Maybe he'll be able to, to find a, no, a new home here in the next week or two before a lot of schools start fall classes. And, you know, I, from my rule, understanding the rules are right, he wouldn't be able to play this year, but he could still get on a new roster and start learning the system this fall that would set him up well for the competition this spring, wherever that is. You know, Scott <clears throat> told the story also about uh, Bohannon, um, in addition to completing something like 80% of his passes, which seems un- unreal, um, said that uh, there was a time when things weren't going well in practice, and he brought his team up and told them, you know, hey, guys, this isn't good enough. And, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, won a Big 12 title. I mean, so, um, you know, you got you got to give him that, right? He knows what it's supposed to look like. So from a leadership standpoint, you know, that that's sort of what you want. You know, that's that it factor that you're talking about, um, you know, that, that, that Bohannon had. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too much in the weeds here with USF, but uh, we know that football is all about the quarterback position. Yep. And, and it's that way at every level. What do they have around him? In other words, and, and you know, we can, we can dice the sex schedule up and all that. They open with BYU and all those things. But he's going to make guys around him better, I think. Um, but, but are there some pieces? You know, d- does he have enough to work with to where you know, he's not going to be back there holding the ball and, and running for his life? I mean, he, he also put up – he also mentioned some pretty high goals for himself this year, which I thought was interesting that he, that he stated those out loud. Yeah, he wanted to account for 40 touchdowns. I can't remember if he said 2,000 or 3,000 yards passing. Either way, a good amount passing yards yeah. and 1,000 rushing yards. Yeah. So uh, I think USF is better around him. They really mm-hmm. are. You know, you look mm-hmm. at, at Xavier Weaver, who I think is a, a you know, fine player at this level. Jimmy Horn Jr. has got a lot of uh, got a lot of promise. Jaron Mangum uh, you know, did well in kind of the short yard situations, especially last year. Kelly Joyner um, right now is out for uh, six to seven weeks um, mm. with a broken bone in his foot. That's a, that's a hit at running back. There's not a lot of a lot of depth, and they still don't have a lot of like super high end guys. I, I don't know that they sure. have a Marlon Mack on this year's sure, uh, sure. team. But I think as a whole, Jeff Scott's doing a good job of upgrading the roster. I, I'm I don't think they're going to take an enormous step forward this year. Yeah, but yeah. as I look at it. Look, look, go back to, to last year, right? BYU was a one-score game. They were in Houston, yeah. the Houston game late. Um, UCF obviously went down to the wire. Uh, Tulsa right. game went down to the wire. The quarterback, like you said, that that's the position, right? And mm-hmm. you you go from an inexperienced but talented player in Timmy McLean and bring in a guy who's won at a high level, played at a high level, and can get, I think, the team believing in him. Maybe that's the difference in, in a couple of those games. And maybe we're instead of, you know, three and nine, four and eight, maybe that's the difference to them going to a bowl. And obviously the expectations at USF are higher than a bowl, but if they can get there this year, that's a huge step forward for Jeff Scott as he kind of looks at the long-term trajectory of where this program wants to be. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Of course, they've got the indoor facility that's about to roll out, and they'll be talking about uh, stadiums, which uh, they have been discussing for some time. That seems like that's going to be reality uh, in the near future. So that program... 
certainly looks like it has a, a chance to go the arrow up. Uh, you were also in Gainesville earlier in the week. You had a chance to chat a little bit with uh, uh, Billy Napier, uh, who is in his first year with the Gators. Lots going on up there as well. Um, and, you know, Napier, I mean, he's in a process of, you know, the recruiting obviously was something that had fallen down. Um, I think that's not a, uh, a, a an overstatement necessarily. Uh, under Dan Mullen before he got there, um, but he's he's got a few players, and you you uh, talked about him here that uh, could bring sort of instant results to that Gators program that he's brought in. Yeah, so it's it's always kind of you know take it with a grain of salt because it is as we record this August sixteenth. There's yeah. still four months until the early signing day. A couple months after sure. that is the traditional signing day. Things sure. will change. Oral commitments are non-binding, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Sure, right sure. now, they're 10th in the country in this 23 class. That's good. It's not great. because it good. Mullins, the Mullins classes were you know, sometimes in that 9 to 12 range. But for them to be at 10 right now is, is good. Um, just because, look, he hasn't coached. Uh, Billy hasn't coached his first game yet. Right. Um, for all we know, they might go out and go nine and three and, and you know, have a better season than, than people think. And maybe there'll be some buzz. Um, they might also go the other way and, and, and things will go opposite. So we just don't know yet, but for him to not really have anything to sell, because he hasn't done anything yet and, right. and to go out and then have a top 10 class at this point, that's impressive. And then when you kind mm-hmm. of dig in deeper, you know, they've got 18 blue chip recruits out of the 20 commitments so far. That'd be one of their highest in, in a decade to, to be able to sign that many guys. We we yeah. can nitpick about some things. There's not a high end offensive line. Yet. Um, they don't have the the you know have any five stars yet. Although there's a uh, top five overall player or cornerback that they think they've got a good chance at. Um, maybe they don't have enough like game breaking receivers or anything like that either. But you look at th- those are relatively minor things we're, we're nitpicking here if he can go if dan uh, excuse me can billy can go out get a top 10 class this year especially if the season goes the way i expect it to which is not particularly good that's a sign that he's able to recruit at a high level and start winning those battles against georgia and texas a&m and tennessee and alabama and clemson because he's going to have to beat them on the trail before he can start beating them consistently on the field that's so right. right now as we sit here in august i see some signs that he can be that recruiter at the high level that that Dan was not. It can amass a roster that can eventually, in a couple of years, really hang with Georgia on a consistent basis. You uh, mentioned three uh, players, uh, at least that uh, to keep an eye on that that Napier may bring in here, and um, they're all in, in in key positions. Obviously, an offensive lineman, Osiris Torrance, Ricky Pearsall, wide receiver, and cornerback Devin Moore. Um, those are guys I, I assume that he he had you know been looking at even prior to getting to Florida job. Well, yeah. So Osiris Torrance was with um, Billy at Louisiana Lafayette, and he's a really interesting player to me. Um, he wasn't the most highly touted guy in the country or anything. Billy recruited him, you know, got him on campus, then developed him into an all conference lineman at, at ULL, and you know ended in one of the most highly sought. Uh, offensive lineman in the transfer portal so that to me was a big pickup and considering i think the gators offensive line will be pretty good this year not necessarily great um but he's a guy that's got i think he's got all conference potential he's shown up on some early way 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 too early mock drafts and that sort of thing 
he's a guy that if he can develop at that level, that's a huge kind of just, just sign of, of what Billy and the staff can do. Um, hmm. Ricky Pearsall, as you mentioned, the receiver transfer from Arizona State, he's somebody that the Gators really need to have a, a good season. Um, he's been banged up in camp, had a, a foot injury. Um, but no, I, I think he will be full go for Utah. And, and assuming that happens, he's a, he's a difference maker. Um, mm-hmm. This Gator receiving core is unimpressive. I, I, I can't be nice about it. That's just not very impressive. They've got some size, but they don't have a lot of twitch. They don't have a lot of speedy guys who are going to be game breakers. And, and that's stunning. At the University Florida, of Florida, for yeah, them to absolutely. be in that position, mm-hmm. um, they don't—they don't have a Kadarius Tony, a Kyle Pitts, a Trayvon Grimes. They don't have those guys. Yeah. Um, so to bring in Pearsall, he's a guy that has the potential to. Again, he's from what I've seen in practice. He's quick. He's explosive. He can be the, the closest thing they have to a real playmaker at that position, and maybe can stretch the field and that sort of thing. So if he can be healthy, he's—I think—one of the more interesting players on this roster, just in terms of kind of the X factor thing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One other thing I wanted to mention, and you've talked about this before, Matt, is um, that, you know, facilities are huge in college football. That's why, you know, the University of South Florida is building an indoor facility, um, stadiums naturally. But in the SEC for years, I think, you know, there was a certain, I don't know if arrogance is the right term, but like we are the University of Florida. Sure, we'd like to have better upgraded facilities, but we're we're the University of Florida and, you know, we'll get around to it. Well, they've gotten around to it. I don't know if you've seen the video of this palace that they have constructed there. Uh-huh. I'm sure you've been been up there and, and been around it, but uh, I was I was searching on uh, the inter interweb as the kids do, and this thing is massive. And I I don't know. That, I mean, they, each one seems to to try to outdo the other. But my oh my, have they built themselves a beautiful building? And they're also and you might have written about this. Um, they broke it down sort of uh, in, into the amount of time they will save going back and forth to the practice field or whatever. And over the course of a season, that that's not insignificant either. No, it's not. You're, you're talking about the, I always want to call it Hevener, but it's the Hevener um, Football Center. It's uh, 140,000 square feet, roughly $85 million. 40,000 square feet. That's crazy. Yeah, it's got sleep pods and, and all sorts of meeting rooms and training rooms and nutrition stuff and um, there's a, I haven't been in it yet. Um, we're going to get a tour probably next month. They're, they're still kind of putting the finishing touches on before they let us hacks in. Right. Um, but th- there's one room where it's a, a team meeting area where they've got a big projector up so they can watch film and like do a walkthrough also. It's big enough. So you can kind of see what the other team is look at, what the look they're giving you and line up the way to kind of counter it. So they've got a lot of cool bells and whistles, some practical, some not in there. Um, my general thought on these things, there's two. Every coach who in college football will tell you, we need this for recruiting. We need these things for recruiting. 
I don't think that's 100% true. Um, there's a study several years ago that I cited in a story on Texas Tech uh, professor looked at, like, do these facilities actually pay off in better recruiting? And the answer is no, they don't. Um, so I think there might be a small blip. I think maybe you need to have some level of facilities, but bigger, better, shinier does not always really pan out. The other part on why coaches say they need these facilities is the efficiency that you talked about. And I do actually think there's something there. You know, I asked Billy about that the other day, like, what's the practical impact? And he said, well, it's time. Mm-hmm. The, the opponents and us, we all have 24 hours in a day. I know there's That's limits right. on how the NCAA limits on how long players can be in the, in the facilities, working with coaches and all that stuff. So it's all about how you use that time. Their estimate at UF was that it takes 18 minutes for them to get from the you know, team meeting room, where, weight room, wherever they were that day, over right. to the practice fields and get everything ready. 18 minutes. Okay. 18 minutes there, 18 minutes back. Say that's five days a week, 13 weeks in the, in the season. What did I say? Five in the summer or uh, uh, four or five in, in preseason camp, four or five in the spring. Add it all up. Roughly 63 hours that is mm. wasted walking from point A to point B. And wow. it's not going to be like zero seconds now. But if you, they can make up a lot of that time. That's 63 hours a year, roughly. They were losing to Bama and they were losing to Texas A&M and they were losing mm. to Clemson. And now they're not. Is that going to keep the Gators from jumping off sides or false starts eight times against Kentucky? Probably not. Is it going to be the difference between the uh, player lining up correctly in the two-point conversion against Bama? Not, maybe not. But I, I do think there is something to that where if you can be more efficient, get players a little bit better rested, all that stuff, those are incremental things that do add up. And, and this is a sport where the margins are so thin. I mean, just think of all the stupid off-season controversies we've had over the years with satellite camps and this, that, and the other, because they're fighting over the tiniest scrap of a margin. And this is yeah. something that, for a long time, has been a disadvantage at Florida. Spurrier didn't we need it. We don't need it. And now it's it's not certainly not a disadvantage anymore. And honestly, it might become an advantage now where they've got the shiniest toy, newest toy on the block. Yeah, it's, it's really something. If you haven't had a chance to go on social media, you can take – sort of a virtual tour as they showed it to their players. Um, pretty phenomenal for sure. Let's talk about the college football AP Top 25 poll, and then I want Matt Baker's poll as well. Um, if it, I didn't have to be clairvoyant to know the top four teams. Somehow, through just hard study, uh-huh. I got them right. Uh, Alabama, okay, begins with an A, so you start there with Bryce Young. Pretty good quarterback. Nick Saban wins all the national championships, even though he didn't win last year. So Will I got Anderson's that one right. The They're number one. The <laughs> there you go. Um, Ohio State, mm, also with a pretty good quarterback in C.J. Stroud, my namesake. Um, figured that might be number two because those two guys, by the way, in some order, Matt is, and this is not science, probably projected to go one-two in the NFL draft. Um yeah. Without without much uh, much of a stretch, and then you have Georgia, the defending national champions. They got some players back. They got some dudes back as well, and then always seems to be in the mix. Clemson, who um, if you if you dice up those top four teams over the last few years, I think they've won a few national championships. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Um, now now I don't know what the Matt. I have not checked out the Matt Baker poll. Um, I don't know if yours differs in the top four. I'm guessing after that it might, but why don't you hit me up with uh, 
with your your top teams in the in the country? Yeah, Bama, Ohio State, one, two, two, one. I had Bama one. If you put Ohio State one, I, okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I disagree a little bit, but I get it. George, yeah. and then there's a drop. George is to me is a clear three. Um, mm-hmm. They still have mm-hmm. dudes, but I think they're going to regress a little bit. You know, you can't yeah. lose an entire first round of <laughs> defenders yeah. and, and not players. take a step back. Yeah, yeah. the Nicobe Deans and those guys. They're, they're still going to be really good, just not quite as good. Four through 25 is an absolute jumble. Just a mess. <laughs> um, I, I've got, I, I guess I understand Clemson at four. I've got him at nine. Um, okay. That's fair. Look, they, look, uh, what about DJ Uyunglele's performance last year gives you confidence that he's the guy? I don't have I didn't, nothing. I didn't see it. I, I, I agree with you. I think, again, talking about quarterbacks, I mean, Georgia has a quarterback that's returning at least. They did lose a lot of defensive players, but I'm with you. I don't know that, I don't know that Clemson has solved that yet. And they're going to be real, you know, maybe the best D-line in the country, one of them. They've got pieces, don't get me wrong. Sure, but I'm, sure. I'm concerned about quarterback, and I'm concerned about losing Brent Venables, the, the D.C., now the head coach at Oklahoma, and oh, yeah. uh, Tony Elliott, the O.C., is now the head coach at Virginia. Uh, with the way Dabo leans on his assistants and the fact that he kind of promoted internally, I've got concerns about whether they're going to wobble a little, a little bit and fall. Um, so I, I've got him nine. I've got him second in the ACC behind North Carolina State, which is dangerous. Um, I, I had Utah at four. And I want to talk about Utah for a second. The Utes, you know, look look at this year, like I said, where there's so much uncertainty. I've got Oklahoma at 21. I think they're nine in the AP poll. Could Oklahoma finish in the top five in the country? Yes, absolutely. Could they finish unranked? Yes, absolutely. Or anywhere in the middle. I do not know. Uh, go up and down. Uh, USC, right? Could they be really, really good with Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison and Lincoln Riley? Yeah. But they stunk last year. And you've got a new coach who's learning everything out west and um, it turns along the lines. I don't know what to make of USC. Miami with Mario Cristobal, right? I think he's a really good coach, but this is a defense that was bad last year. I, I really like Tyler Van Dyke at quarterback, but the receivers are not spectacular. Could they win the ACC? Yeah. Could they go seven and five? Yeah. So I, I say all that just to say Utah at four. With so many uncertainties, I know in, across the country, I know what I'm getting with Utah. Cam Rising, Utah, by the way, opens against the Gators. Just heads up. Um, Utah mm-hmm. figured things out with Cam Rising after the first couple games last year at, at quarterback. He did very well. They've got a returning 1,100-yard rusher. I think they return five of their top six receivers. They're gonna, their defense line's always good. Kyle Whittingham's in his 18th year as a head coach. At this point, I know what Utah's going to be. They're physical. They're going to play really good man defense. They're going to run the ball well and they're going to just be strong all over the field and be well-coached. So given all those uncertainties, I have to put somebody has to be four on my bat. I can't leave it blank. So yeah. of those, those teams in that mix, A&M, all the talent in the world, hasn't put it together. Michigan loses OC Josh Gaddis, now at Miami. Notre Dame, new coach, on and on and on. I have more faith in Utah than I have in anybody else in that like four through 25. So that's mm-hmm. why I've got them at four. And, uh, they will get a big test early in the Gators, and the Gators will get a huge test early in those Utes. No, that's that's a great matchup. Are you are you big on on uh, any any of the Big Ten teams, um, or even I, I know I've seen Notre Dame ranked high as well. I mean, what are, what are their prospects really for 
I mean, you got to get by Ohio State if you're in the Big Ten. I don't know. Notre Dame's schedule is always difficult as well. Yeah, I've got Michigan six. I, I don't feel great about them. I, I think last year they had a couple of dudes on defense and, and Hutchinson yeah. and Ojabi. I think they, mm-hmm. I think they regress some this year. Um, Notre Dame has has recruited at a pretty high level, but I've got concerns in Marcus Freeman and the first year coach and new quarterback and all that stuff. Sure. Um, if Michigan State, I've got at ten. Um, obviously, losing Kenneth Walker the third, the, the really good running back, was a, a factor. But they brought in a really good transfer there that maybe will kind of bump that up. I, I, I'm still not sold uh, on Sparty. Um, yeah, I'm not sold on a whole lot of teams. Like you look at Wisconsin, I've got them 22. Ugh, maybe this yuck. is the year they do they do better than that. <laughs> maybe Iowa. Uh, Iowa scared me just because they were good last year with a lot of unsustainable turnover luck. And then when that turnover luck inevitably changed, they weren't as good. So I'm, but Iowa was probably 26 on my ballot. I like Minnesota right in that mix as well, but I don't love any of the Big Ten teams. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be difficult, uh, and they're going to knock each other off too. They always do. So we'll see how it plays out. Check out Matt Baker's uh, top 25 as well on TampaBay.com. Get you out on this one, Matt. A couple of uh, the next college football national championship sites were announced what do you make of those and where are they yeah so they were already announced for the next couple of years it's in los angeles this year uh houston the next year atlanta in the 24 season uh again that was there in, in the 17 season with uh tua to Devonte smith on second and 26 a play that will uh be remembered for a long long time and then the 25 26 season is in miami on january 5th why on earth would you, uh, dear listener, care about a national championship game being in Miami in a few years? Well, let me tell you. Uh, I was at that national championship game when it was in Miami a couple years ago. It was in January 2021 at the end of the COVID season. It was very, very weird. I've covered you know a, a few national championships. I know what it's supposed to be like. It was very bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. They had the... The, the famous Ohio State marching band on the Jumbotron because they weren't there in person dotting the I. Uh, mm. you know, obviously, the stadium was an eighth full, whatever it was. It was just very, very weird. And the city of Miami, that area, did not get what they bargained for when they wanted to host it. They were expecting thousands and thousands of people there and all this international attention, and they, they didn't get it because of COVID. So mm. the playoff um, decided, you know what, when it's time to pick new teams, let's go back to Miami. They did a good job in given the circumstances, and it's time to give them another chance. Does that remind you of anything else? Did, what, what, there was another uh, big uh, football <laughs> game about a month later from the national championship. Oh, that's right. It was the Super Bowl in Tampa. Yeah. So as I look at that, I think, you know what? I, I don't know how the NFL makes these decisions and when they make these decisions, but the college football playoff kind of sort of said, look, Miami deserve another chance. Get, let's get you what you bargained for. And I wonder if when it's time, and you know, would know this better than me, the NFL says, you know what, Tampa, when you hosted Super Bowl 55, you didn't get what you should have gotten. And it is nobody's right. fault. But you did a good enough job in the circumstances. Maybe it's time to throw you another bone and let you host it for real. It would be great. I, it, they are a couple of years uh, out already committed. As you know, it's at Arizona this year. I think Vegas is coming up. If you build a new stadium, you certainly have a good shot to get one of those as well. But I'm with you. You know, Tampa has has been, and not just for the NFL, but for a, a lot of things, sort of that pinch hitter, right? Like you know, they know um, th- that Tampa can pull things together rather quickly, 
And I think that's why um, they selected them um, to host the Super Bowl, which was before COVID. Uh, it actually was awarded to them because the stadium in Los Angeles, it was supposed to be at SoFi Stadium. Um, there was a year where they had some construction delays because of torrential rain and, 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 right. like, and the like. Um, so not knowing that COVID would be here. But you're right. It, it, it took away what otherwise is, of course, the, the biggest event in sports uh, in the United States every year. And, um, you know, there's some 25,000 and, and a lot of uh, a lot of healthcare workers and things like that. So it was very bizarre. So, yeah, I mean, that would be hopefully they'll follow, follow college football's example. Um, I know Rob Higgins and those guys are always trying, you know, trying to get uh, big events and none bigger than the Super Bowl. And uh, I'd like to see another national championship here. I'll tell you what, that was that uh, that game. What was it? Clemson. Um, Clemson, against, Bama, 35-31. Uh, fantastic event. Fantastic game. I happened to go to that. Enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, that whole, you know, that that was that was pretty spectacular. So. Um, love to see them host another, you know, another college football event. And they, and you know, to the to the credit of, of of the Glazers mostly and the TSA, they put in a lot of upgrades at Raymond James. It's still a very viable stadium. And now, uh, because of Tom Brady, uh, they've added uh, a seating capacity in the end zone of over seventy thousand now, uh, with the seats that they've added there in the, um, uh, I guess it would be the south end zone. So, yeah, I'd love love to see it. Would love to see. A game back there. Meanwhile, you have a game, college football. You're going to be doing a college football game in about mm, 10 days or so? That is correct. Um, I, I haven't it, – look, the week zeros are weird, and, and my rhythm is – I'm not in rhythm yet. Uh, mm-hmm, hopefully I'll mm-hmm. get there soon. But, yeah, uh, on the 27th, I will be in Tallahassee for Florida State Duquesne. Don't laugh. Florida State Duquesne is a game. Uh, we've, <laughs> we'll talk, Sorry, we'll talk more on this next week. Um, but look, considering how much Florida State has struggled against almost everybody the last couple of years, sure. D- Duquesne is not something that the Knowles should be looking past. And if they kick the crap out of them, then it'll all be about, all right, that, that was fine and dandy. What are they going to do against LSU eight days later? But uh, yes, next week we can talk more about an actual game that I'm getting ready to cover because the season is here, baby. I love it. I love college football. I love talking college football with Matt Baker. Check him out on in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Matt, thanks for your time as always, man. You got it. Thanks, Rick. Probably have your mailbag uh, segment later this week as well. You can submit those questions to us online at Sports Day TV. You can reach me uh, on Twitter as well at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. My thanks again to Matt Baker for Steve Burstick. I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.